We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast is brought to you by Asper's Casino Newcastle, home of the Mags £4 pint. Available on all draft beers for all NUFC home and televised games, 12pm to 12am. Over 18s only. Visit BeGamblerAware.org. Be drinkaware for details and T's and C's. Visit AspersNewcastle.co.uk. It's a True Faith Newcastle United podcast. Uh, Newcastle United, should we be entertained? Should we be? That's the title of today's podcast. I'm Charlotte. I'm joined by Simon and very special guest Keith Downey from Sky Sports News. Um, we're going to get into it, but before we do, a reminder from me, we're on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month for tons of extra podcasts or just this one ad-free uh, for the for the lowest tier there please do think about coming and joining us we've got tons of extra content on there including all the live audio from our show our live show in Gosforth last week which was uh, a really really fun evening so uh, hopefully we'll see you across there okay it's uh it's it's been a time hasn't it Keith it has been a time and people keep calling us the entertainers the entertainers are back I have an issue with that. We've already <laughs> talked about that um, on our podcast. But I, I, I suppose I'm interested in what these girl fests are like from your point of view. Obviously, they're kind of, um, you, you know, it's, it's been a lot of injury news. Is this more fun to cover for you? Are you enjoying it? Uh, well, I had a couple of mates down from, uh, from Glasgow who've been planning to come down for about three years to a game and uh, they came down for the Luton game a couple of weeks ago so I took them there and they've now left Raven thinking you get that every week and <laughs> actually you kind of do get that every week <laughs> every week at the moment look it's um I think so it's fun to report on it's fun to go to the games you know as a neutral you want to see goals I say neutral you obviously want Newcastle to do well thoroughly enjoyed the job last season more than ever because of everything that happened and then what came with that with the Champions League matches this season it was just such an amazing adventure and journey but look I think if you if you would rather I think you would rather watch Newcastle draw 4-4 against Luton Town than nil nil and for me you go to a game right now you don't know what you're what you're going to see and the whole of the Premier League the goals are up aren't they throughout mm. right throughout all the I think um, I think it was a stat actually the other week there that said it was they were up by something like ten or twelve percent on last year, and you look at the the amount of end to end games, um, and it's not just it's not just like the top teams that are scoring. We see Luton coming here and scoring four. We saw Brighton going to Sheffield United and scoring five at the weekend, and it's 
it's an amazing league at the moment, I have to say. And, you know, it's got its detractors. Most of my mates in Scotland still think the Scottish football's better. I don't know why they think that. <laughs> but you watch Premier League football just now, and particularly the Newcastle games. I mean, what is it, something like, uh, is it 20-odd, 21 games, 21 goals in the last four games yeah, combined? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's, as, as a reporter... It's great. It's not. It's not so good when you've got your questions ready, or if you're having to write a report and you're right at the end, and then suddenly the game twists or turns, and there's something late. I mean, that one on that one Saturday against Bournemouth. Look, I think we're all happy that Newcastle got the equaliser because we we need to get, keep that ball rolling, and we would all like to see Newcastle qualify for uh, some kind of European football next mm. season. But um, we don't want to see them lose. But that obviously comes with its problems. That last minute goal for Matt Ritchie last week then just caused everyone to sort of rip up the, the the reports and start again so <laughs> look um yeah it's uh it's good and i would much rather that than as i say than any scored score draw, scoreless draws or any one nil wins or one nil defeats the weird thing about it for me sorry charlotte is that yeah. it's like they are high scoring games and i get the, the entertainers parallel i get that you know we're scoring lots of goals we're also conceding lots of goals and that is what the entertainers are known for to it to a degree but they they haven't been good matches. <laughs> well, they, they might, they, I might just be blinkered, but like the four four against Luton was just like lots of scruffy goals. The the Nottingham Forest one was even worse. I thought it was like just really bad goals going in. I mean, the Bournemouth right goals weren't well, exactly. Well, yeah, well, the Bournemouth was really scruffy game again. Like I think it said that all the the Bournemouth two two draw was the last game of match of the day, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah it, it wasn't a good game of football. The goals were the only things that really happened, and and you could say the same about the Luton game. You could say the same about all these fixtures, which kind of it goes against that the 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 idea that these games are really entertaining and get for the neutral it probably is quite fun to watch because mm. you've not got a vested interest but as a Newcastle fan watching it it's quite frustrating because you're like this is rubbish and yeah. <laughs> we should have put these to bed because ultimately ultimately and we know we've had a, a rocky season we know we've had a lot of problems and injuries and everything else but ultimately we still should be beating teams like Luton, Nottingham Forest, Bournemouth and they're teams that we because of what happened before Christmas, we feel like we have to make up for lost ground and beat these teams. So mm. it's hard to enjoy it. And I, I, I appreciate it as, as a reporter and, and from the neutral point of view, that was your the question yeah. you were asked. But I'm just adding my two cents You here must. That, yeah, Get it out there. I haven't enjoyed it. I haven't but enjoyed it. I just like, to be honest, I just like the vibe when you go out afterwards in town. Yeah. And if Newcastle have been beaten, then it's a bit dead, isn't mm. it? So <laughs> That's true. Like, That's true. A you have a vested interest in town being back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, there's definitely a good feeling around the place if there's been goals or there's been a, a, a good win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, as I say, my mates came down a couple of weeks ago and all they've talked about since like, wow, we saw a 4-4, that was, is, is it like that every week? And I, I felt like I said, no, but, but it kind of is at the moment, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And uh, yeah, look, I think, look, I think it's fun. I don't think you should get yourself tied in too many knots about it because we're in a situation now where, you know, there's no, there's not going to be any Champions League football next season. You know, it'd be good if Newcastle qualify for Europe, whether that is the Europa League or the Conference League. And look, I think... We should do that. That should happen. There should be there shouldn't be any issue if you manage to pick up enough points. I just don't think anyone should worry too much about the goals being conceded and the progress and whatnot. I think the, the last ten or twelve, however many games are left, should be should be used just to learn from the mistakes of this season and build towards next season. I don't think anyone should be worrying too much if you win three two away to Forest and you concede two bad bad goals or the defence makes a couple of mistakes. I just think should a time now should be relax, enjoy the games and try and build towards next season. And you've got a really good window now to try and do that because the team's in a comfortable position in the league. There's no way you're going to get relegated. You're not in a scrap at the bottom. And I just think it's a, ch it's a chance now to already, and I think, look, I think they're doing that behind the scenes. All, Eddie Howe admitted it last week at his press conference, already trying to build towards and look towards next season. 
I definitely want to talk about Eddie Howe. I do just want to kind of ask, why do you think that this, you know, you said 10, 12% more goals across the league mm. this season. What, why is that? Is that? Does that represent to you as a person who kind of like absorbs all of these things? Does that represent a shift in how all teams are playing now? Or mm. is, uh, what, what's your take well, on I just, that? I just think I started off with the likes of uh, Brighton, who obviously, you know, you know, the way they play with this real high press and then inviting the teams on. Newcastle were doing it last season as well. And now you're seeing Man City almost playing with three at the back and the right back going mm. into midfield. They've got an overload in there and it's just creating more more chances and more excitement. But it's amazing. You're seeing all teams doing it. I think Keenan Trippier was in the Forest game almost yeah. was playing like a cent central midfielder. Yeah. So Newcastle have started doing it as well. And I think across the board, they're all now having to flood the midfield with players. That's creating chances. There's less defenders and there's more chances as a result. So listen, it's nothing to complain about. And I think until the other teams manage to figure out and find a way to stem the flow... That's going to that's going to be the case. So look, I don't think we should be complaining about that because it's thoroughly enjoyable to watch. I get that as for you guys as fans, you don't want to be con be conceding two against or three at home against Forest, four at home against Luton, two against Bournemouth. I get that, but if someone says to you, "Would you rather win four three or one nil?" I think you would rather win four three, wouldn't you? Would you? It's, it's, yeah, yeah, of course, <laughs> of course. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's more enjoyable it's, it's to, thrilling, to, to watch it? this kind of football. Um, and yeah, give me this any day over the kind of late two thousands where everyone's playing four five one or four with two holding mids, like four, two, three, one, like it, holding mids aren't really a thing anymore. Your midfielders yeah. have to be able to do both. You can't just have a holding mid, although we desperately need one. Yes. Um, <laughs> generally speaking, most teams have very, very box to box midfields. And like you say, your fullbacks are no good just as defenders. Again, another problem Newcastle have. Your fullbacks have got to offer something going forward because that's how Premier League football is played. And if you don't have those parts of your puzzle, you get left behind. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get onto Arsenal in a bit, but you're going to go to Arsenal at the weekend and try and win that game. Yes. You're, you're, yeah. not, you're, you're not going down there to try and shut up shop and go for a draw. I know, I think Eddie Howe got criticised a little bit after the Chelsea game, the cup match, saying, oh, we were, I think they were just knackered. I think mm. he wanted to go there and try and win. I think they were just knackered and they en ended up retreating and playing that. It was almost like a 4-5-1 at the end. I can't mm. remember who was up front. Was it maybe Wilson or Almiron towards the end? And they just they tried to retreat and tried to hold on to it. It was just a shame that the mistake from Trippier cost the, the yeah. goal and then, and then the penalties. But look, Newcastle will go down to Arsenal and try and win that game yeah. at, at the weekend. Just think back a few years and remember remember Newcastle going to Man City under Rafa. And of course, Rafa did a great job. But I mean, he was almost just trying to keep, he was trying to keep it to like one or two nil. Yeah. Trying to keep the goals down. Not be embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Think, think, think of what, what it could be like. So at least you're going for it. And as... As I think Eddie said on Friday's press conference, he said, look, we're looking at Newcastle games now and nobody really knows what's going to happen. <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I like the nothing to lose factor we got now. Because mm -hmm. you're right, if we're sitting just outside the top four and going to Arsenal, you think, right, let's try and get a point here because mm -hmm. it's so important. Whereas now it's like, let, what, what have we got to lose? If we lose the game, it doesn't really matter. We, we, we go again next week. So I, I kind of like that. Maybe it is a reason to not have this huge kind of catastrophe every time we drop points like we have done the last few weeks because I think the, and again social media is a big part of this but the reaction to each game has been so polar it's either like just just relax and enjoy it or it's it's doom and gloom and disaster like maybe we just need to say yeah actually let's just enjoy it for a bit there's nothing to lose the rest of the season doesn't really matter if we finish between ninth and seventh uh, we might get Europe we might get through the cup if we stay in the cup that's what we're probably going to focus all of our enjoyment and attention on so for me, I'm trying to look at that last 12 games in the same way. Like, it's yeah. just, let's just look forward to it. And it is a bit of an unknown because form-wise, we haven't quite got it yet. And Eddie Howe said it after the, the Bournemouth game, didn't he? He said, we haven't quite found the answer mm, yet. Yeah. And we have had, we, we continue to shuffle things around and trying to, to get it. But I believe that he's working as hard as he can to find the answer. But we've got a bit of 
time now to have a bit of a play and work out what that answer is. I, I always find the the teams who have that additional time at the end of the season who kind of almost know roughly where you're going to finish. You're not fighting for anything at the end of the season, like Newcastle were going right to the end, like the second last game. I think the teams who have a bit of that always get off to a good start the next year because they're almost building and starting early. Mm. And Newcastle need to, as you rightly say, use that to their advantage going into next season. But if you just look at the the team right now, and look, a lot has been said about, you know, the the left back situation. A lot's been said about the, the sort of holding midfielder or the lack of a holding midfielder. I know Tenali started off in those first few games before the suspension kicked in, playing in a, a, a more attacking role. But I'd have been really interested to see as the season wore on whether he would have then retreated to a more defensive holding, like number six, and whether that might have changed things. Because you look at the squad right now, and there isn't a. I mean, I haven't to play Bruno in there, and I know I think Eddie quite likes him there. But I think if Tenali was there, you play Tenali there and push Bruno. And I think that was the original plan. When, when they signed Tenali. but that's without, what Bruno wanted as well, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. But without without Bruno there, they don't. there isn't a player who can really, unless you put in like someone like Fabian Scher in there who probably won't, doesn't have the legs for it. So there isn't anyone. So they're just having to sort of make do between now and the end of the season. What I will say is though, since Joe Linton got his injury a couple of weeks ago, like you really, you really notice the difference in terms of the amount of energy and pressing that the, the team do without him in there. You know, I mean, with, with all due respect to Miley, Longstaff, and Bruno, none of them have got the legs that Joe Linton has and the mm. ground that he covers. And Rainy. I think, it, I think the point was made the other week um, in, in the press conference actually, and I think I've heard it since from a couple other different people that when Joe Linton's playing wide on that left of of the three, or even even the front three. He actually gives a lot of protection to the left back and perhaps yeah. maybe Dan Burns not being oh, getting as much of that this season. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about how then, because you've kind of touched on Eddie Howe and how he's been dealing with it. And Sai, you mentioned it there that, that he, he knows that we're not firing on all cylinders kind of. How how do you think he's dealing with it all in the face of kind of there is some negative attention around the performances, mm -hmm. certain players, things like that. Um, he he He's kind of like known as this goal scoring attacking um uh, manager right he goes he he was he, his major criticism was he can't organize the defense but he can he can he get do they score a lot of goals that was certainly levied at him when he came to newcastle do, does he deserve credit for sticking to that we are still scoring goals even without a striker we're scoring goals mm. um and with a with a with a fourth, well, here's a stat for you: with the fourth highest goal scorers this season, Newcastle United. Mm -hmm. So, where do you sort of? Firstly, I suppose there's two questions there: how do you think he's dealing with all this? And secondly, um, you know, does he deserve credit for it? Well, well look, this for the second part of that, it's it's far removed from last season, where obviously the the back door was closed, teams were struggling to mm. score, either at St James's Park or or at home against mm. Newcastle, um, and now. You don't know. What, I mean, you actually look at fixtures now, and you think new, you fancy Newcastle probably a bit more away from home, which is which is ridiculous. <laughs> um, when you think when you think back to last season, and even to think back to just a few weeks ago, until the Aston Villa win, couldn't buy a win away. Yeah, now suddenly yeah. Villa, Fulham, uh, Forest last week, a couple of weeks ago, um, Sunderland as well. Oh yeah, okay. sorry, Sunderland. Oh yeah, sorry, I was only. Oh yeah, of course, I forgot about Sunderland. Yeah, Ian Beal. <laughs> uh, sorry, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. That's, that's, that's another 100 quid. I'm only joking. I'm only joking. By the way, that was a mistake. That was a mistake. I didn't mean to say that. Um, well, that one... I mean, you actually, might as well have been... Actually, standards. that one wasn't a mistake just now, but the first one yes, a couple the of days ago. One. You get, you get me. <laughs> uh, 
Um, what was the question? Yeah, Eddie Howe. <laughs> um, how is he dealing with it? Um, look, there was a little moment at his press conference. He, listen, he said it through a smile, a wry smile, but there was a little moment last week where... Um, I'm sure you heard it where he had a bit of a pop about the injury situation where, you know, I think it, I think I, I was me that asked him about Jacob Murphy and he said, listen to what I'm saying here. He is, uh, he is, hasn't trained all week. So you can read into that what you want. And we were like, oh, and he's looking around the room at everyone because to, to a reporter, to a person, the following, the previous Friday, every one of us wrote Anthony Gordon is out for the yeah. Forest game because he, he kind of, he, and he said that in as many words. I mean, I did a one-to-one with him before, and he almost, I came out of there thinking, all right, Gordon's missing for tomorrow, God. But he was very, very cute. And I listened, to, listened back to the recording. I'm like, oh, God, he didn't actually say that, yeah, did he? Yeah. But he was just so clever about the way he did it. And then, obviously, Forest game comes, Gordon starts, plays the full 90 or whatever it was, and um, he probably sees he's getting a bit of stick afterwards on social media. You know what it's like now with football fans? There's so many layers to it. Pe- fans want to know who's pl- available and not available for the fantasy teams. <laughs> and then for, for, for put a bet on before the game, all sorts of different things, yeah. you know. And he obviously was a little bit annoyed about that because he had, I think he had a bit of a pop after the Forest game in, uh, in the post-match press comments. I wasn't there. And then he was still talking about it last Friday. So, look, I think, he, I think he, was saying it with, he was saying it with a smile on his face, but I do think underneath he was a bit annoyed that we had maybe reported his words wrongly. But I will say this. <laughs> when you're kind of going to be as vague as you are about injuries every single week, like Eddie Howe does, at some stage, you're maybe going to get caught out. And that's kind of what happened. So we always assume that it's it's mind games from yeah. Eddie Howe. And that he, he, he's not accidentally trying to tell the truth in a really cryptic way, is he? He's doing it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's it's absolutely man. fine. He's a Premier League manager. He doesn't want the opposition to know what, exactly. what, what cards he's holding, what's going to be happening. All right, so Gordon's playing at the weekend. We'll prepare for that. We get it. And yes, there might be the odd person upset about the fantasy team and, and stuff like that. But... Surely he's not taking yeah, that personally. That people well, are I think there were quite a lot of fans who on social media and things were saying, oh, Eddie's lied about Gordon. Poor crack from Eddie lying about Gordon. And he's maybe seen that, you know. <laughs> that, that's, that's my reading. I, find I might, that, I might I find be, that wild. I yeah. might be wrong. I might be wrong. If I'm a, I if I'm a fan and I'm going... I would had a smartphone. I feel like he's got a 3210 <laughs> <laughs> and a text limit. No, I think he does. But, I mean, um, I, I, if I'm a Newcastle fan and I go to that game and I think Gordon's out and I get there and he suddenly he's playing, you should be boosting. I'd be buzzing. Yeah, I was so happy to see him, yeah. But look, I don't, I don't know the reasons. But um, he's obviously was obviously wasn't too happy. But look, you're, you're Simon, you're right. This is why he does it. He wants to gain any little percentage on the opposition. We've yeah. seen it all throughout the season. Fair play to him for doing it. And look, I was warned before before he came in as manager that this is what he was going to do. And it's quite good fun actually trying to work out <laughs> what he should just say is he should just go in a press conference on a Friday and say all my players are doubtful for tomorrow. They're all doubtful. All of them doesn't have to doesn't, <laughs> doesn't doesn't have to be cryptic. Just come in and we could just say, "How's Nick Pope doubtful? How's Camus doubtful?" Like even though we know he's out to the end of the season, how's Julian doubtful? You should just do that, and then nobody knows anything. Rather mm. than tr- sort of from, I mean, we had a training session um, before. Um, it was an open training session before one of the Champions League games. It was, I think, it was one of the ones when Newcastle were like at eleven players, mm-hmm. and it went down to do a live. And obviously, we get the first fifteen minutes. This doesn't happen for normal Premier League games. So all the, I think it was before the Milan games. So all the Italian media, I think that's I was right. and the players came out and they just like w- they just they didn't train. They just w- w- walked. They just went for a walk around the pitches, <laughs> like ten of them. <laughs> 
and of course they're uh, wearing bandages and like yeah, eye yeah. patches a and limp, and a limp. <laughs> my presenter said to me so Keith and, and I'm like what are they doing are they, what, are they just, they've just walked away from me they've, <laughs> they just walk. they've just walked down to South Gosforth right uh, they're away for a coffee and then we were getting chucked out in 15 minutes so I had nothing to say it was ridiculous they threw to me and they were gone they weren't, we could, I couldn't even see them it was just an, an empty pitch behind me and that was like, he had a bit of a laugh about it afterwards in the press conference before the Milan game and said what did you see then what did you see I was like well nothing because they walked they actually walked away down the street so um, <laughs> but look I think it's all fun and games from, and I think it's to gain a, a couple of per- percentage anywhere yeah. and fair play to him and listen it probably works doesn't it yeah I definitely think it does we have to leave it there for part one unfortunately <laughs> but um, we will be back for part two to talk about the rest of the season um, if you don't want to hear these adverts you can join us on Patreon it's £3 for the ad- this podcast ad free um, we do two of these a week so it's a bargain so please do consider joining us there we'll be back after these we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Part two of the show, and we are going to talk about the rest of the season. So we've kind of talked about the season, or, or like this bit of the season mm. so far, haven't we? We've, um, we've really, I think, we've focused on January to now because let's just forget about December and November. I think that's for the best. <laughs> um, but we've now got to look at the rest of the season. You've talked about um, about sort of enjoying it a little bit more and and um and looking to hopefully finish in a european spot regardless it's not going to be champions league we're very clear on that that's okay what do you want to see from here what do you like as a you're not a newcastle fan you you report on newcastle but what do you want to see what do you think's realistic or maybe even what's the dream i mean you say i'm not a newcastle fan but i have to say since yes. the takeover went through two and a half years ago i've loved everything that's come with that you know just the my job is so much more enjoyable now like the feel good factor for you guys as fans is reflected in for us guys as journalists as well and it's it's really good fun to cover the club i mean i was getting to the i was getting to stage with you know, under the previous ownership where I just was, I was existing as a, 
as a worker, just like probably as you guys were supporters and I wasn't enjoying it. And it's great to cover the club now. So look, there's nothing more than I would love than Newcastle qualifying for the Champions League and having those trips again. Looking back, I mean, it was all a bit of a blur at the time. Yeah. Mm. It really was. But when you look back and you look through your photographs and you think it, it, it's, it was actually really enjoyable, despite the, obviously the result, a lot of the results weren't great. Just, just, I mean, it's that, mad to me that that was this season. Yeah, it feels a long, long time ago, doesn't yeah. it? I mean, I was counting there, I've done, I've done 50, I've, Saturday's game was my 50th game I've covered this season and like, we're, we're still only wow. still in mid-February, you know, mm. so you're probably going to hit about 75 and obviously I do other stuff out with Newcastle as well. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, look, it was amazing. I mean, that day, sorry, I'm probably not answering your question. No, here, you, can, that, you can, you'll get there. Yeah, that, I trust you. <laughs> that day, um, <laughs> On for the Dortmund game in that in that sort of uh, city centre square was just unbelievable. Like I was up in the stage, we were doing a few lives up there, and just to see so many people who have missed this, generations of fans who have never even seen it, just enjoying every moment, and it was well behaved and it was good natured, and it was just such a lovely. Paris didn't feel quite the same, I think, because it was just a slightly different vibe to it. But that Dortmund game, I think, was just the moment where everyone that was it, wasn't it? Back. There were so many fans there. There weren't so many there in Milan, although the weather was great in Milan and everyone was out in the sun. Something about that Dortmund one, where it, for me, it just kind of clicked and thought on oh, Newcastle. And this is you could see what what the possibilities could be moving forward. So look, that was great. I mean, if I if I'm being critical and I've said this at the time, so I don't mind saying it again. I, I, I kind of, I felt against Milan in the home game and I, a lot of people disagree with me with this and apologies if you do, but I just felt if with 10 minutes to go, you take the draw, you go into the Europa League, right? You'd be playing Ren tomorrow night. Milan are already 3-0 up from the first leg. And I just think to have European football after Christmas, okay, it's not the Champions League. I know the club wanted the fortunes of carrying on the Champions League and it's great for, you know, PSR moving forward. But it's not all about that. It's not all about that. It's about... In oh, Could yeah. we have handled it, though? I mean, Callum Wilson tore his peck playing against uh, Luton. Yeah, but no, I think but I think you look at it now. Look, there are still injuries, but if, if Joe Willock and Isak... Well, I think it looks like Isak's going to be back at the weekend. Yeah. Joe Willock might still be a week or so away. But if the two of them are back in the next week, you've, you've, I think you're only missing five players, yeah. which is less than half of the situation back in December. And I just think to have that against more than winnable teams, like teams that you're better than, I just think it would have been great. And I, I just was... I was a little bit frustrated that game. I thought, why have they thrown the kitchen sink? Now, I know it was for financial reasons and everything was there and so many people disagree. There's not many people who agree with me, actually. But I just feel, having covered Rangers in two different, a Europa League final and a UEFA Cup final, and that could have been the Champions League final when I was. There was 100,000 people in Seville two years ago. The thought of Newcastle getting to the final or a semi-final in that competition. So that's why this year, I think it's imperative that the club get into Europe and have that next season because I felt they threw it away in December. It's it's easy to say looking back, isn't it? Because it was 10 minutes and yeah. Uh, I said, say it, it, but Simon, sorry to interrupt. I said it at the time, at yeah. the game. I was like, just, just sit now, just but, sit, go four, four, just go, just sit at a block. Just make sure you try and score, try and win the game. I'm yeah. not saying sit and defend, but don't have the two centre halves bombing forward. Trying mm. to, I mean, yeah. I, I do wonder if, if that was an instruction of Fabian Scher, just you thought, you know what, I'm going to go for this. But yeah. yeah, it was that thing of, we were all hearing the news, PSG weren't winning. It's like, oh, the Champions League, we just need, we just need to score one goal and we're through. I and I absolutely I agree that we, I think we could have gone deep in the Europa League despite the, the injuries continuing. I also think that had we stayed in either the Champions League or Europa, they might have pushed the button and brought a couple of players in in January. That's a good point. Because we fell out of Europe. There's not really any reason to spend in January and pay over, over inflated price, prices. Yeah. 
to get us a few more places up the table. So I get why any transfer business was just put on hold because we weren't in Europe anymore and because basically we've got the FA Cup and mm. somewhere in the in the mid table to to play for. Um but yeah, I don't know. I I was all for getting getting through in the Chapman's League. It's a prestige, but whilst I totally agree, probably could have got very deep, even even a final or, or potentially won it if if we dropped into the Europe because I totally agree out of the teams in it. You'd fancy us against any of them home and away with a decent squad. Um so yeah, it's it's a really tough one to take. And for that reason, I totally agree. Mm any kind of European football next season. We need it. We need to get used to it because one thing we said all of um, basically October through to December is that the squad's not capable of managing these three game weeks. But if we want to be taken seriously and get into Europe every year, we're going to have to learn to do it. And we might have to learn to do it by being in one of the lesser competitions. So I've, I've come around to the idea that even the conference is worth playing in just to get used to playing it's the, three it's game the experience. weeks. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of you as a journalist and you and your colleagues, you know, you um, you come and do our live shows very very kindly and give your opinion and as, as do your colleagues and talk about, you know, this big news, Newcastle. This has been a crazy two years. You've loved covering, you've loved covering it two and a bit years, two and a half years. Um, it, does that drop away for you if we end eighth, say, and then drop out of the cup in the semi? Is it imperative that we you know, win the cup or finish in the European place? Or, or do you think that there's still much more big news Newcastle to come? Yeah, I mean, look, I've said it a couple of your live shows, as much as the Champions League stuff was great, I just thought that day at Wembley was, mm. for me, just, I know obviously the result didn't go in the club's favour, but that day in the build-up to the game was just unbelievable, magical. It was magical. And look, that could happen again. That could happen again. We're sitting here right now going, well, we might finish seventh, we might finish eighth, we might end when we in the conference league. Like, there's a chance here. I mean, you've got more than winnable tie in the next round. And then, you know, get a home tie, you're suddenly in the semi-final, anything could happen. And I, I don't know. I just, I just feel with Newcastle at the moment, it's like, uh, we've been touching on it throughout this whole podcast, it's like expect the unexpected. You mm. just... I, I, who would put? Who would put? The season's been such a roller coaster. Mm. Who would bet against Newcastle getting to a semi final, a final, or going, going all the way? And I just think with the the players that are there at the moment, with the manager who is responsible for all of this, and he is just he's been such a breath of fresh air since he came in. Given what we've had at the club for for years beforehand, I would not be surprised if if Newcastle finished this season on a high. And look, it's the best chance of winning a trophy as a cup, isn't it? So you, would you rather be going for fourth right now or would you rather be in with a chance of winning a trophy? I don't know. It's been that age-old question yeah. for, for a while now. And for me, keep the as long as you, as long as, I mean, it could have been really, I mean, if Sunderland, if Sunderland had beat Newcastle and there was a lot of pressure on that game at the time, off the back of the Chelsea defeat, you know, falling away in the league, going mm. out in the Champions League, everything could have gone. But I just feel things turned a little bit that week. And um, now there, there is a chance and it just extends the season. And look, although you're already building towards next season, I'm not saying write this one off in any way. I just think having that cup has given the players and the fans something tangible to, to hold on to there. And, you know, long may that, that, that competition continue. Yeah, it's a bit of a curse, isn't it? Because finishing seventh is still a really good achievement. Yeah. And this isn't a remember where we were, but just because we finished fourth ahead of schedule doesn't mean that finishing seventh with your first season back in the Champions League wouldn't be a really good achievement. But it's not that glamorous. Uh, if you just finish seventh and don't win a cup um, or don't even get to Wembley, if you get seventh and a cup final, that's still a great season. That's still yeah. a season that's that's got a lot of excitement. That's still a lot to, uh, from your perspective, a lot to talk about, a lot to report about. Whereas if we if we somehow drop out the cup in the quarterfinals or and then finish seventh, that feels, even though that'll be fine, and I'm not saying that Eddie Howe should be criticised or that anyone at the club should be criticised if that's how the season plays out, 
it's not much of a story is that would you would you agree yeah yeah i know it's a bit like meh isn't it yeah. it's just like <laughs> worthy. but what i will say is and it's so easy to forget this and i'm not making excuses for anyone but the injury situation and it, it's it was unheard of i've never seen a team play the same 11 players high level matches against chelsea mm. in the champions league can't even remember which ones they were now, but five games with the same 11 players, not even have any really any substitutes to, to change yeah. a game. We didn't make a sub in the PSG away game. I know. It's ridiculous. I know. I know. And that, that's probably what cost the goal at the end as well, because everyone was out in, their, out in their feet. And look, I think it's easy to forget. I know everyone looks at December, but everyone knew December was going to be ridiculous. There was something like, was it not like 10, nine or 10 games? 10 and month? 30. Was it? Yeah. I mm. mean, it was horrendous. And I think you need to remember that, that, you know, I hear now, Aston Villa complaining about injuries and West Ham, Man City as well. And, but none of them are anywhere near the amount that Newcastle have had. So actually, to get through the season, although I still feel the Champions League throw the last throw of the dice trying to stay in was a mistake, but to get to, you know, 10 minutes away from the knockout stages, to finish, if it's seventh, to finish seventh, to wherever the, the, the cup takes, the FA Cup takes the team, it's actually been a good journey, and I think I think everyone will have learned a lot about each other. I think the players will, the owners will, the manager. I think everyone will have learned a lot in that time, and I don't think you should look at this as a as a negative. And I think there are mitigating factors, and for me, the biggest one of all is the injury situation. Not many teams would have coped with that, and Newcastle have coped with it because they're still in a position where they could qualify for Europe and finish in a in a fairly in a fairly decent, I said meh earlier, but a fairly, <laughs> a, a fairly strong position, you know, whether that's sixth, seventh or eighth. And I think if you cast your mind back to the start of the season and we did at the, uh, at the live show yeah. and I think, you know, we were saying sixth, I don't think anyone thought Champions League would happen again due to the amount of um, energy that would go into the games. I think we were all saying sixth, seventh, eighth. So you need to remember that now. That's true. We should we should go back and remind ourselves because yeah. I say it a lot. We you recalibrate what success looks like and all of that stuff as the season goes on. And oh, it's it's requalifying for the Champions League because oh, that doesn't look likely. Okay, well it's a cup now and it's and it's and it's seventh. But you are right. At the beginning of the season, most of most of you guys on our stage said six. I think Alex had us finishing third and winning, <laughs> and winning all the all the club competitions. But you've got to have one <laughs> optimist among the group. I think he's been right a few times though. Yeah, he, he has. Yeah, he, yeah. he said last last season he did say we'd finish fourth. He was saying there's nothing to stop us. Um, you know, building on what we had done in uh, to finish eleventh the season before, and uh, and he was right. And this season it's just been it's just been injury upon injury. So you are you're absolutely right to kind of point it out and and. I guess it has. I mean, how many times have you said unprecedented this season yeah. on camera? Yeah. It has just been yeah. unprecedented. But is it not? Is it not still fun for you guys? The fact that you're actually trying to win cup cup matches. Yeah. Oh, is that not a little bit weird yeah. still? I know it, it, so. Absolutely, it is. It is weird. It is weird. It's uh, going to Blackburn fully expecting to win the game, not thinking, <laughs> yeah. oh, what kind of ridiculous team are we going to put out here? Mm -hmm. And how starting up front? Yeah. How are we going to try and knock ourselves out of this competition? So you're right. And then. No matter who we draw in the next round, you fancy us on it on our day to beat anyone, especially at St James's Park, albeit weirdly our away form's been yeah. better recently. But I think in a cup tie, it'd probably be different. Yeah, yeah, yeah there'll mm. be an atmosphere again. I suppose that's been part of the problem is that we, we haven't had any big, big fixtures, um, like big dramatic fixtures recently. Since mm. the FA Cup, every league game's been against bottom half teams. Mm. Since, since uh, the Champions League, sorry, um, we, yes. we need we need some nice big games at St James's. So, yeah, cup cup quarterfinals and, and semi finals to look forward to might might reignite that. I think. 
I think what we need to do really is just to just to have a strong finish the season. Now, a strong finish the season from where we are now could still be sixth and in a cup final. I think we need to give the like the likes of or the cup, the likes of Botman, the likes of Bruno, the likes of Tonali as well, Isaac, something to to buy into ahead of next season. I yeah. think if we if we end the season on a downer. And we're probably going to have to sell one of those players by the sounds of it for, for FFP and um, mm. sustainability rules, but, you know, to, to, to reinvest. Um, we need something for those players to, to buy back into because if the, if the season fizzles out, I don't know, you don't want to have a, a summer where people are like, oh, well, what, what next? You want people to think, actually, we've finished that really well. Clean slate, here we go again. So as long as we finish strongly and, and keep some good results coming in, it's going to be hard to catch the top four. We're not, we're not catching mm. the top four. I feel like we're all pretty much in agreement there. But sixth would be a great finish. Stay in the cup as long as we can or win it. And that'll be a class, class finish this season. And ultimately, a bit of momentum to take in the next season. Like you said before, Keith, if we can start the building for next season now, let's do it. What, what you can also do next season, if you qualify for either the Europa or the conference, you can kind of, because the, because the, the opponents aren't quite as strong, or nowhere near as strong as the Champions League, particularly in the conference, you can mix it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, you can chop and change, you can make three, four changes, and you can keep players fresh, but obviously, one, due to the injuries, and two, due to the the level, the level that you were up against, you couldn't you, you couldn't yeah. do that. You're just having to just play as 11 strongest players, and it, look, it has, it without doubt, it's had a knock-on effect, but I think if you're in one of those lesser tournaments, should I say, um, I think you can do that, and we've seen Villa do that to you know, a good extent. We saw West Ham do it time and time again. They got all the way to the final and, and won. So, mm. look, it's, it'll be a different, it'll be a different scenario next season than a Champions League where you're just right up against it every single match in yeah. the group of death as well. Yeah. That's that's worth noting. Add in uh, three League Cup draws against Man United, Man City, <laughs> and Chelsea. Just to, just to add Why to not? that, Why not? inability to rotate your team. Yeah. So speaking of those uh, top six, we are playing Arsenal this weekend. Let's get into that in part three, but we'll break now for some more adverts. If you don't want to hear the adverts, you know what to do. Join us on Patreon. It's between three and eight pounds a month. There is tons more excellent content on there. So please do consider joining us there. We'll be back after these messages. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Part three, final part of the show, and let's talk about Arsenal. Um, you know, we we play them this weekend. As I said, we haven't had any of the bigger, the top top half of the table sides mm. really in the in the past few weeks. Um, let alone top sort of title race contenders. Arsenal themselves are um, are very close to that. I think they've what fifty five points, fifty six points, and mm. I think the top have fifty. Is it Man City on fifty seven? So they are definitely eye on the prize there. Um, I'm just kind of interested in your view, Keith, on them all together, kind of this grudge that they have that seems to go back, not just 
um, to our fixture against them this season where Arteta lost his head and they had to release a, a club statement about him. But um, even seasons before, you know, getting very upset about we, we, we broke their unbeaten run and getting very upset about um, us playing shithouse football and things like that. What do you make of all of that? What was the word? Um, disgracia. Wasn't it? That was a word which means uh, misfortune. It was misfortune that that ball uh, didn't cross the line or whatever it was. The referee... That the ball was spherical and it didn't go out. Yeah, yeah. There was like three VAR checks that Newcastle escaped. So it wasn't a disgrace. It was disgracia. So he got away with Mm. that saying it was misfortune. (laughs) Uh, Look... I don't know. I, ju- I just feel this. I feel there's like so many rivalries in the league now. Um, I don't think Newcastle will be too worried about that. I don't think they'll be going. I don't think they'll be going down there thinking, oh, like Arsenal are trying to get one back from there. I don't think that. I think for Ar- <coughs> I think for Arsenal at the moment they're just looking to try and win the league. I don't. I don't think in any way. I mean, there obviously there's been a couple of incidences. The match you mentioned, and then just as we're chatting there, I remember they. I think Eddie Howe and, and Arteta had a bit of a go at each other. Did they not last season at the Emirates? If I'm if, if I'm right, there was a bit of a was there a scuffle? Yeah, I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. I'm sure there was. Feels like a Tyndall thing to do than an Eddie Howe thing maybe, to do. Yeah. But maybe I think Tyndall might have been involved. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I think, I so. yeah but obviously there is something there. But I just don't. I just think there's so many. I don't, you ask any of these managers at top level, and I don't think, I don't think they hold too many grudges. I think Newcastle they're just looking to get everything back on track and keep the season going. Arsenal are obviously looking to win to win the league, and you know they've won what twenty one two in the last. Is their aggregate score in the last five games? They're hammering goals and every, everywhere mm. without without a rec- without a recognised centre forward, um, which is a worry for Newcastle given the fact they can't keep the back door closed. And you do you do worry for them going down there. But as we've said already, anything could happen with Newcastle at the moment. I think you just look at a game like that, and I don't think you, you need to put any pressure on it really. You say they don't hold grudges, but I, I distinctly recall that that game where we uh, broke their unbeaten run. It was around Christmas, was it New Year's Day. Um, I think it was. I think it was a New Year's Day game or New Year's. Yeah, it was around that time. Not this season, obviously, the season before, or possibly the season before that. Time will tell. Someone will correct me. Mm. But um, Arteta coming out and criticizing our um, time wasting tactics and all of that stuff. And then, yeah, but, the vo- but everyone did that last season. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> but in the reverse fixture, they specifically time wasted. Like there mm. was specific. Yeah. That it was very yeah, clear yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. I think they had been given the instruction: take as long as you can for that goal kick. Do as lo- like uh, hold on to the balls. Time waste. Go down with this. Like it was very clear to me that that was in direct response to the way that we had played at their place. I don't think. Uh, look, I don't think given what Newcastle did last season with that I don't think they can really complain to anyone no I'm not I'm just saying you're saying that there's no grudge element but I'm saying it feels yeah. like there's a grudge element yeah it seems yeah. like a petty man and, and <laughs> you know and maybe maybe we're reading too much into it you know what I think we lack as, as Newcastle we don't have a rival I mean we got to play Sunderland this season but that wasn't really a, you can't call it a that rival. wasn't really a, a contest and we haven't had a, a proper rival for a who while would you see a, who would you see your biggest rivals are then in the league, we don't have one. We, Man, well, you said Man, Man United have before. always been have been the, the the team to look at, and we, we, you love to beat Man United, and you know everyone gets up for that home game uh, and away game. Arsenal, are, are, it's 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 becoming something because people want there to be a rivalry, and mm. I suppose they they were so far ahead of Spurs last season as well. Being annoyed at us is a is a bigger deal to them because we're trying to mm. break their break their kind of their, mm. their party, their top four kind of situation so yeah but if you think of all the teams in the, the top so-called top six if you think about since the newcastle takeover there's been a bit of a grudge in pretty much all yeah, of them yeah like i mean you man united last season with ten Hag or the cup final 
the stuff he said before that, and then obviously you've seen the stuff in the documentary. Um, Arsenal, we touch on now. Spurs, I think there's probably a bit of a grudge. Certainly after that six six one defeat, I think they've probably had it in them to sort of, and you could see that a couple of months ago, back mm. in December down there, and you know in London when they were just you know hammering goals. And if you look, if you look at the top six, there's, there's I think they're, I think all of them have been sort of shaken a bit by what Newcastle have done. They obviously don't want Newcastle in there and. They did it last year. They didn't even get into the top six. They got into the top four. But they're knocking at the door. They're not going to go away now. And with these owners, they're all they're always going to be there. And I think these big clubs are just going to have to accept that. I think probably slowly but surely, they are accepting that. I don't know whether. Look, I might be wrong, but there's so many games now that you're talking about an Arsenal match when we when Newcastle ended their run. I, I can't even remember that. I'm mm. just like, I just get it so kind like of flooded. 3rd of December, no, 30th of December. It was just after Christmas. Yeah, right. yeah. It was in that sort of limbo Oh, was it the nil-nil draw? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't a thrilling game they, at all, they, but we they, just had this very low block. We just they'd did won not. every home game before that. Yeah. yeah. I don't see I don't see that happening on Saturday. I don't see a low block, <laughs> nil, nil, maybe <laughs> 10 each. Yeah, the oh weird thing God. is, is that we, we've lost our shithousery this season yeah. as well. We're not very good at Do you think everyone's got a bit bored? Like, just <laughs> Where's like, the spiciness gone? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Well, Tindall's still there. Needs to put a fire in their belly. So um, looking forward to this game then. Okay, grudge element aside, what you, you said it, you think it's going to be a bit of a goal fast. In, yeah. And Isaac might be back. It's, yeah, it's, it's so hard. I mean, it's so hard to predict any Newcastle match at the moment. Um, I mean, it is ominous, the goals that Arsenal are hammering in. You know, um, mm. was it yeah. six six against West Ham a couple of weeks ago? And yeah, um, look, I think I think Isak comes back and he start if he's fit, he'll start. I think he's perfect for that sort of game. I mean, he's perfect for any game really. But I think yeah. against, I mean, everyone said for I keep hearing people saying that Isak is such an, Ars- an Arsenal player. If I hear that one more time, you know, <laughs> what but does that mean? I don't know. I think he's just because he's probably a bit similar to Henri in yeah. terms of the yeah. way you know the way he runs and the way with the ball. Plays. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> Look, I think it'll probably be a home win. I just think with the form they're on, I just, you know, I think they'll probably be too good for Newcastle. But I don't think Newcastle should get themselves too down if they lose that. You know, there's more than enough to to, to play for. Yeah, in that case, I think I don't think we're expecting to take too much from the Emirates, are we, Si? Have well, you talked yourself so into it? I spent the entire month of January saying that Aston Villa was a write-off and we're not going to get anything in that game and we don't need to worry about it because the, the easy games are coming after Aston Villa. As it turns out, that was probably the best performance <laughs> of the lot. <laughs> so I'm going to say it again. I don't think we're going to get anything from the Arsenal yeah. game. Yeah. And then I, had, I had a feeling that night at Villa. I just had a little feeling when I turned up and I saw the teams and I just thought, you looked at Villa's form the couple of two or three games before. I think they'd drawn at home at Sheffield United and they were struggling. I had a little fancy for Newcastle that night. I didn't think it would be quite as... Good as it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. But look, I think I, I think anything could happen on, on on Saturday. But um, you know, it's good just to it's good just to know you're going down there and anything could happen. You're yeah. not trying to keep it to two or three nil. And that I'll go back to that again. And that's for me, that's a positive in all of this. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. And I think you know we've got um, we've got the Blackburn game to look forward to as well. A few days after that, um, which is obviously massively important. I. I I suppose to kind of round it off, is your expectation that we are going to go down there and try and win? You've kind of said that, but, but, or do you think we're going to kind of try and protect some of our players for that Blackburn because the cup is more important? I know, it's, it's strange on that, isn't yeah. it? I mean, it's the, it's, it's the bigger game. Yeah. It's actually the bit, who would, who would think, you know, a grudge Premier League grudge match against Arsenal <laughs> who are going for the title or Blackburn Rovers, Championship Blackburn Rovers mm. in the FA Cup Tuesday night in a it's cold, cold wet Ewood Park. That's the bigger game. Does he rest players? 
No, I don't think I don't think he'll rest players, but I don't know if it, if if we're going to go for it with the intensity mm. that we might had if we didn't have a cup game midweek. I think because the last couple of weeks have been free midweeks, and you've had like weekend game, weekend game. When was the last midweek game? Was Villa, wasn't it? Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's been a couple of weeks since then. Um, I think the players will be fresh enough to go sat- okay. Saturday, Tuesday. I don't, I don't think there'll be any issue with that. You know, I, I think, I think when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, again and again and again, without making too many changes, it catches up with you. But I think the odd one plonked in every now and again, like the the Blackburn game, I don't think makes a big difference. I think the exciting thing is minutes for players who might be coming back. So if Isaac comes back and plays a half, great. We don't need to risk him for 90 minutes because no. it, it mm. might not be that kind of game. Um, same if we, if we see Willock named on the bench and he gets 20 minutes, that's great. You might be able to play a bit more on, mm. on Tuesday. And that's probably what I'm looking forward to getting most out of this game. Is getting so some, exciting. It's being able to use the bench again and, and seeing, seeing yeah. what we've got available. I mean, that, that, was pretty de- that was pretty depressing for a while when there was, nothing, there was no way he could strengthen the team at all. Whereas now, even just having a couple on there, you know, you look back like the other week there, there was Livermento and Harvey Barnes. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like maybe you've got three changes. It makes such a difference. And it, trust me, if you're a football player, and you look at the bench and there's nothing to come on to strengthen the team, you almost hold back a little bit, I think. I, think I mean, he's kicking himself for not bringing Matt Ritchie on in Chapman's League games <laughs> yeah. to, 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 to get us a goal when we yeah. needed it. To finish it off. Yeah. We will leave it there, I think. Thank you so much, Keith, for joining no us worries, uh, this evening. Um, really, really interesting chat. Thank you, Sai. Uh, thank you, guys. We will be back with a post-match podcast for Arsenal. Um, if you want to hear us do all the build-up stuff to that on Patreon, please do join us on there. It's between three and eight pounds a month. This podcast is brought to you by Aspers Casino Newcastle, home of the Mag's four-pound pint, available on all draft beers for all NUFC home and televised games, 12 p.m. to 12 a.m. Over 18s only. Visit begamblerware.org. Be drinkaware for details and T's and C's. Visit aspersnewcastle.co.uk. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.